my loves, and welcome back to another episode of So I Got My BFA. My name is Kelsey, and this is a podcast where I talk about all of the things that I feel qualified to talk about because I have my BFA in musical theater. Um, just a couple of things before we get into the episode. First of all, if you are new to the podcast, hello, welcome. Hold on tight, kids. And if you're a returning listener, I just want to say thank you so much for coming back each week. And if you haven't already, make sure to leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. Or if you're listening on Spotify, give me a download. That really helps me out a lot. And with that, let's get into the episode. I'm just talking, babbling. This is what you came here for, isn't it? Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, today is a very special day because I have somebody with me. This is your cue. <laughs> oh, you! I thought you were going to say my name. Oh, I was like waiting for you to be like, it's Genevieve. <laughs> and I was going to be like, it's me. <laughs> Sorry, um, ruined it. Well, now it's is, awkward. Yeah. This, Okay. Um, it's it's funny. It's funny to the viewers, you know. It's just, it's just no. two gals chatting. Well, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, everyone. Um, as you can see, today's episode is going to be quite chaotic as I am slipping through our couch because it's separating underneath. Oh. Um, it's it's, just, it's the, the the little things that happen in a small New York apartment. You, you know, you couch everything everything just falls looks apart. perfect on the surface, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. live here. But that's what we're here to give you, like the real, authentic, mm-hmm. you know, life of a BFA student who graduated during a pandemic. So many, <laughs> so many people are like, "Your apartment is so nice. It looks so nice," and I'm like, "You should try our shower." <laughs> Our shower. Um, I feel like we've I, talked yeah, about we it before. I feel like we've talked about it, but um, if you haven't heard yet, go listen to some old episodes. But um, if not, we'll tell you again. Our shower head comes out of like the middle of our shower. Oh, but that's the least of our problems. Um, it's either like boiling hot, whistling out of the tea kettle, <laughs> like boiling hot, third degree burns on your skin, or hot. ice cold i was showering today and it was like sometimes like i get really lucky and i get in and out and it'll just like Mm -hmm. it'll it won't happen too often but today it was like anytime i turned the knob it was either you have or i had like welts on my arm every time you switch the knob you have like a 10 (laughs) second window to get your stuff done (laughs) like you you put the shampoo into the side you swish it around and then you have 10 seconds to rinse it out of your hair before the water comes it's either going to be freezing or boiling hot you never know what's really bad is when you're shaving and as i do since our head comes out of the middle i stand on like one side of the Mm -hmm. head so like no water is like Washing my shaving cream off. Your today, back is like getting today, scolded. Um, you know, some water was like hit my arm, but it like changed temperature from the last time I was under it and it just like scorching hot. But anyway, it's just, you know, the little things about living in the New York apartment. You have showers that burn your skin off and sometimes you have a couch that just won't stay together when you sit on it. That's that. 
Genevieve, this is the part where we talk about our week. How's your, how's your, you are a working gal. That's I why am. You, you haven't been here for a while because um, yes. you are working at the storm. I am how's your local going? Long Island City Mary Poppins. That's right. I am the new nanny of the century. Not what's actually. It, what's it like to be a mother <laughs> to a Well, to yeah, no, I, it really, I do have single mom syndrome happening. Mm-hmm. Like I'll really sit with this kid all day. And I'm like, I can't believe your father left us. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute. She sends me pictures of him all the time, and he's so cute. He has like the biggest brown eyes. Um, he's really, really cute. But um, Genevieve is um, mom of the century over here. No, um, I am I'm, not. She's like, she's like mom of the century, and I'm like, what the the crazy aunt who isn't in the picture. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets to meet the Never kids. Gets, I get to see him through pictures, but. Uh, She's a working gal. I'm working on it, people. I know we've talked about this in the past few podcasts, but I am working on it. I'm still desperately waiting to hear back on some applications. I feel like everything nowadays is, it's like, not that like being a, in a, getting a job in a pandemic is hard enough, but like adding on the fact that like everything is like submitted online and you don't like go into the store and be like, hey, you hiring anymore? It's just like, you know, complicates things, but we are working on it and we're going to, one of these days I will get on this podcast and say, guys, guess what? Guess who's employed? But today it's unfortunately is not that day, <laughs> but we have started some new things. We started watching Friends. We did. I have my Central Perk mug right here. Yes, Genevieve is a, a big fan of Friends and I have never seen it. Um, I've attempted to watch it before, but I told Genevieve this after like the first couple episodes. I really do like it, but it's a show that I feel like I need to watch sitting on a couch with another person sitting next to me. And I can't just like sit and watch it in my room alone. Well, I also think like the whole Rachel Monica being roommates thing, like I think the more you watch it, the more you'll feel like you relate to it now mm-hmm. because as as I have told you before, I feel like our dynamic is very Monica Rachel mm-hmm. with each other. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm really excited. We've, I've watched four or five episodes now. I don't mm-hmm. really remember, but I really like it so far. So I'm excited for this 11 season journey. 10. Oh, 10. Well, um, it goes by so quick though, because if you think about it, it's only like twenty five minute episodes. So really, it's true. like seven seasons if you think about it. That's true. Not to just add another show to our queue since we have so many. Oh my god! But we, she's so I'm watching Friends for her, and she's watching Gilmore Girls for me. I am, um, and I just found out that my whole family is like obsessed with it. So now I'm like, really? oh, now I have to like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, before she was just watching it out of obligation. Uh, it, it's growing. It is growing on me. Honestly, I think it's because I'm watching it out of obligation that I have like this thing in me where I'm like, I have to not like it just to make Kelsey mad. Oh, well, <laughs> you don't have to not like the show to make me mad because your opinions of the show are too. Mm-hmm. We have very different opinions on um, which characters we um, like. And uh, well, I do have to ask you this though. Um, we haven't met. Okay, for anyone who hasn't watched Gilmore Girls who really wants to and really doesn't want any spoilers even though like they're out there everywhere just like skip ahead like a few seconds uh are you team um dean or jess so far i was team dean well okay well actually let's not get it twisted i will forever be team chad michael murray but i i was team dean up until just like a couple of episodes ago Mm -hmm. and now i'm team jess and it's it's not because i don't like dean but dean has become 
insanely clingy and annoying. Yeah, it's yeah. like the character. Because you know what's funny? I actually rewatched the first episode today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's funny how they present Dean as like this dark, twisty bad boy in like the first episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He gives me very like JD from Heather's vibe in yeah. the first episode. But no. He's just like your typical lacrosse boy. Like, you know. <laughs> they do that with Rory too. They they make her like kind of like a cool kid. Not yeah. a cool kid, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? But then her personality. But her changes. change her change isn't as drastic though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like Dean literally goes from being like creepy murky boy in the corner that's kind of hot because mm-hmm. he seems dangerous to like nah he's just like a normal yeah. chill guy and then he becomes really clingy yeah well i i personally think you're gonna like her third boyfriend who we have not met yet he is what i envision the chad michael murray character to like he's what he would have become i guess if he had stayed on the show if chad had not booked um what the folks call now one tree hill <laughs> um, <sighs> Chad, what are you doing, man? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I loved One Tree Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then, okay, well, are you team Max or Christopher? Because we haven't gotten to the big kahunas yet. She already knows what's happening, but I won't say it. I mean, I think I'm team Christopher, even though I do love Max. Right. I feel like Max was, like, a great, like, first guy to have. There's something about, there's a vibe about Christopher where it's just, like, Finally crossing that right. finish line well, would be so satisfying. I really love you know? Christopher and Lorelai's dynamic because it seems like the two are very much on the same wavelength. And they're like, it almost feels like they're the boy and girl version of each other. And I do like them, but I don't like them as much as I like um, another character that will eventually happen that Genevieve knows about. But uh, we will say that she doesn't know about it yet. Well, yeah, I mean, like, they make things pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the biggest controversy in this household is um, Emily versus Lorelai because I'm very... Well, we, well, we've talked about this, though. In the first few seasons, they did a bad job of painting Emily as this bad mother because the reasons why she would lash out or get upset seemed valid in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now she is getting annoying, but I think it's because the writer realized <laughs> that her point was not getting across very well. And I did I rewatched I as I said I rewatched the first episode today and I was like I still agree with her arguments in this episode that being said my vision of her is tainted because I know of what is to right. Right. And I feel like you get mm-hmm. to know more about Emily mm-hmm. later, like in the seasons, and you realize mm-hmm. that like what seems irrational, mm-hmm. what Lorelai seems to be doing is irrational because we don't know like the full mm-hmm. story. Whereas like with the seasons go on, we yeah. get more. The more original, into it. the original arguments between the two of them, like in the first couple of seasons, I'm like, yeah, Emily is justified. Also, I just, I'm always team catty queen character <laughs> they're, they're just like the best ones i personally think you should live life like that but like um that's fair well and kelly bishop is a, like a godsend yeah from, from the acting world like yeah so it's just i don't know but so is lauren graham so yeah yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're gonna move on before you make yeah. me mad but you know what no one's as good as alexis Woodell. <laughs> 
Anyway, moving on. Guys, I told you I would have a review for Bridgerton this week, and unfortunately I do not because someone will not let me watch it without them, even though they literally just watched it. Well, you make me watch stuff that you've already seen, too. Yeah, because we <laughs> talked about watching those things together. With Bridgerton, it was new, and you were like, I'm going to watch it without Kelsey. And so I was like, oh, okay, I can watch it without Genevieve. Nope. But no, I have to wait. And Miss, I have a job over here, is never home anymore. You so. know what? Sometimes things are just not fair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, well, next week we will have a Bridgerton review, right? I we can, can watch three episodes in one week, I right? I can tell you, it's good. Okay, <laughs> I know, it's good. It's already good. All right, anyway, so that was like a really long... T- I didn't even know we were going to talk about Gilmore Girls today, and here we are. Hi, guys, I saw some really exciting articles on Playville this week, and um, I want to talk about them. So the first one is they are filming Come From Away... Yeah. And they're putting it, like, I mean, I guess, I don't know if they have a network or streaming, whatever, yet. Probably Disney+. Plus. That's exciting. Yeah. I am obsessed with Come From Away. It's, uh, I, mm, I can't, I, I, I can't, uh, clearly. <laughs> has no words. Clearly I have no words. It's amazing. It was, it was amazing. It's one of the best musicals I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. I got the privilege of getting to have, like, a nice conversation with the woman who plays Diane. The redhead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was so sweet. Oh, cried. It reminds it reminds me of my hometown. Mm-hmm. It really does. That's well, why I love it so I, much. I went and saw it when my mom came up for one of our breaks. And we went to the 9-11 Museum beforehand and then to the um, m- memorial. And then we went and saw the show. And it was just like... Oh, so heart-wrenching, and I, I mean, it's it's an overall, like, it's an amazing show, so I'm so happy that it's going to be more accessible for people to see, because I feel like it's one that people really, they really, really do need to see, because it's, it's a lot of devastation, but it's also a lot of hope. Oh, it's so funny. Like, yeah. you would never think, but, like, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I was laughing, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the majority of the time. The music is powerful. It's all around great. Yeah, so I'm really excited that that's going to be more accessible for people to see. Um, and I guess they're going to film it when Broadway reopens, whenever that may be. And uh, the <laughs> yeah, next, right. oh, get ready for this one. The next article I saw was that they have announced the director of the Wicked movie, the wicked movie that's been in the works since I was 12 years old. That's like, never what? Happened. I know. I was like, all right. And so now they've announced the director. If only we could get like a cast and an actual release date. Well, they're just <laughs> waiting for us to be ready, Coast. That's why they haven't cast right, it. Right, right, right. They're, they're like, we were too young when it was yeah. going to come out in 2019. So, like, now we're fully available yeah. and ready to play to- like Bach and Head Monkey. Exactly. <laughs> What's his name? Chistery. Chim Chistery. Chistery. I, yeah. I was gonna say Chim Chimmer. <laughs> <laughs> now we're in Mary Poppins again. So the director is um, gonna be John M. Chu, and he uh, he was the director of Crazy Rich Agents, and as of currently, he is directing In the Heights. So Ooh. um, In the Heights hasn't come out yet, but Crazy Rich Agents is that trailer amazing, looks so. good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited um, for I've when that's gonna come Crazy out. Rich Agents. Yeah, if only we could get like a solid release date because it's just so funny because I every time I'm there like Wicked's gonna be a movie like the first release date was like 2015 and then it was 2016 and then it was 2019 and now mm-hmm. they have a director and who knows if they have a movie. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. 
In my opinion, I think there are some things that should really just be for Broadway, but... Right. I mean, I, I've always... I was so excited about it when I was, like, younger, but at this point, it's like, is it happening or is it not happening, people? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just make a decision. Right, right. Um, but, of course, there's so many, like, things that go into it that are not even, like, on our radar, so I'm sure there have been, like, issues with getting it, but I don't know. But when the release date happens, I'll be sure to let you guys know. And then my last article that I'm really excited to talk about was there was an article, and this is going to be the educational portion of the podcast because now I've incorporated that. You ready? I'm teaching the people with my BFA degree, Genevieve. What do you you think about that? Uh, It's called So I Got My BFA, so I felt like I should... Yeah, maybe you should talk about the BFA part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm being like an educational person now. Good for you. Um, Thanks. Well, anyway, so there was an article that was um, because apparently National Swing Day um, happened this week. And so it was an article talking about all of these like big Broadway stars who like started off as swings. And if only I could remember or if I had the article pulled up right now, that probably would have been smart for me to do. I remember like Jeremy Jordan was on there. Um... And that's, you know, really the only name I remember. But, wow. Um, but anyway, I've learned so much from you already. Thank you. Thank you. So, Genevieve, let's talk about what a swing is because it's very confusing to, like, people who don't know. So, in the musical theater world, you have, you know, the character or the, the person playing the character. And then some shows, only very specific shows, like Wicked and, like, shows that have big leads have standbys and then you have understudies and then you have swings and so basically all my life I was like what is the difference between an understudy and a swing and so basically an understudy comes from someone who is in the ensemble to play a lead role and so what a swing is is a swing is like an understudy for the ensemble members so swings will take the roles of the ensemble members if one, the they have to step up and play a lead, or two, they they call out. So it's for the a, day. so essentially they're the understudy for the understudy, basically. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that like a good way to put it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what blew my mind? And I actually now that I'm about to say this, I might be wrong, but this is what I heard. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer: I might be wrong. Standbys get put in before understudies. Yeah, standbys are, like, number one. I had no well, idea. Well, that's why standbys, like, they aren't, there aren't standbys in every show. But, like, in mm-hmm. Wicked, there's a standby for Glinda and a standby for Alphaba. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get put in before, yeah, they get put in before the understudy because that's, like, their only job. Like, they're not in the show. They're just there to go on in in case of an, of an emergency or in case, like, someone has to, like, dip. From, yeah, for most shows, it's just understudy there's not a standby so yeah the standby will go in before the understudy and then if the standby is not available or if there is no standby the understudy will take the place of the lead and then a swing will come in for the understudy to be in the ensemble so if you're a swing you could have to learn like 14 different tracks in the show and like it's hard enough to know like a leads track but it's even like I can't even imagine like, I, I think about, like, my ability to learn choreography and how mm-hmm. hard I work to, like, remember it. I can't even imagine, like, learning, like, 15 different people's choreography, which is all the same except for, like, tiny little, like, mm-hmm. moments here and there, which actually is something that I would love to do at for one point in my life. a Broadway but. show, that's really intimidating. I don't think that I have the gusto to be like, 
I can do that. Right. I kind of did that for Spring Awakening, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I just knew every, like, everyone's blocking. I knew, I mean, from watching the runs so much, like, I kind of just, like, knew the lines. It's definitely, like, a trick of the trade. I feel like, well, and you were, because Jennifer was, like, your title was, like, the assistant director. Yeah, I was the assistant director. Um, Or assistant, I was the assistant to the director, but we, uh, you know. It's like a student assistant. Yeah for credits or whatever. But um, I feel like when you're writing everybody's stuff down and mm-hmm. like... Muscle memory almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I still have my binder with mm-hmm. everyone's everyone's stuff. Like, obviously, I don't remember like every line in the show, but like, I feel like I could confidently look at that binder and like put that show back up in like two days. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and people do it all the time and I really have to applaud them. I, w- I would love to get to do that at one point mm-hmm. in my life. I was in a swing, but I was like kind of... I was an understudy for like a bunch of different roles in a production when I was younger. It wasn't swing because I wasn't mm-hmm. an understudy for the ensemble. But um, yeah, I've like done something like that, but it was mm-hmm. never like a thing where I was going to go on for any of them because the production ran for one weekend. Right, so. right. Hey, you never know. It's I've true. had to step in for a one weekend performance. So it's true. All right. Well, that is our week and um, the articles I wanted to talk about. So. so- <laughs> so long we took so much time that's okay people like to they they like it when you're on because they like to hear your voice okay sweetie okay okay (laughs) anyway so let's move on to the weekly obsessions my weekly obsessions this week are a little bit off brand i guess i mean one of them has to do with musical theater but the other two really do not it's just things that i'm obsessed with which is what i love Um, about this segment because I can really talk about anything that I'm obsessed with this week. And sometimes, you know, I'm just like, musical theater isn't on the brain 24-7. You know what I'm talking about? So like, I have like other things that I am Mm -hmm. obsessed with that are, you know, anyway, we'll get the the musical theater one out of the way to start off with. But if you guys have never listened to the 35mm soundtrack by Ryan Scott Oliver, you need to go give it a listen. I started listening to it like my freshman year and it kind of like, got lost in translation, I don't even know if that's the right phrase, but it came on my playlist the other day and I forgot how good it was. Have you ever... No. You've never listened to it? No. I I almost think I've never even heard of it. 35 millimeters? You really just brought it up and I was like, ooh, gonna keep my head down for that one. (laughs) You must have heard about it. I feel like people in our class, like, because I didn't know what it was freshman year, but people in my class were obsessed with it. You think I paid attention? The, yeah. ballad, the <laughs> like, ballad of Sarah Berry? You've never heard. On Monday? No? Oh my gosh, she's giving me deadpan eyes. Like The ballad of Sarah. That one sounds... Um, Lindsay Mendes sings yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's all I know. That's from it. That's my favorite song in the whole album. Um, but there are like plenty of good songs. Um, so there you go. Even someone with a BFA degree... Um, has not heard of this, so <laughs> go give it a listen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's really, really She good. was just petting me like I did something yeah, really yeah, yeah. wrong. Like she's a child and I was correcting her. <laughs> um, anyway, um, my next weekly obsession is actually a um, pandemic find. So I, through this pandemic, have been a part of a game night group chat thing that happens whenever we want it to. And it's just like a few of my former classmates but we found this new, we, we used to just log on to Zoom and like we play like Mafia or Jackbox. But we found this new website called backyard.co.co. I don't really know how to say it. 
whatever. And it's basically like this form of Zoom, I guess, that you get on, and um, but there's no time limit. And uh, it has already like games like built into the device. So I guess it's kind of like Jackbox, but it's like got so many more games and they're really, really fun. And when I tell you that I have never laughed so hard as I laugh playing some of these games with my friends, like it's amazing. So if you have a game night or if you're looking to do something with friends who you can't connect with right now because of the pandemic, definitely check out it's backyard.co. It's incredible. You can play poker. There's um, Pictionary. I don't know. There's just so many games. It's really fun. And then my last weekly obsession, which is just random and out of the blue, but I have been like on it 24 seven this week is Pinterest because right now I am in the middle of trying to formulate an aesthetic for my room. I just love scrolling on Pinterest and seeing all of the things that I can't afford. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Um, but uh, yeah, I have nothing really else to say about that obsession. It's just that I've been on it 24 seven. So um, if you're a Pinterest lover, I'm right there with you. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the musical of the week. I'm very excited about this musical. Are you excited, Genevieve? I am. You want to tell them what it is? It's Spamalot. Today we are talking about Spamalot. This is one of Genevieve's favorites. So I picked it just for you. Mm, I do love it very much. Um, this music, me and Spamalot go way back. And let me tell you why. Spamalot, I don't remember if it's the first or the second Broadway show my parents ever saw, but my parents went to New York for, an, for their anniversary one time way back when, um, I guess in 2005 when Spamalot was on Broadway. And uh, they saw Young Frankenstein and they saw Spamalot, but I don't remember which one they saw first. But regardless, my dad comes back and he puts these songs from Spamalot on my, my little nano iPod. <laughs> <laughs> Bring so, them back. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I would just like listen to my plethora of like, I listened to a bunch of country music and then all, all of a sudden, every once in a while, uh, I am not dead yet would come on <laughs> and also um, always look on the bright side of life. So I have like that special memory in my heart um, with my dad and him putting those songs in my iPod Nano <laughs> for all of the um, 90s kids. We're kind of 90s kids. iPod Nano, convenient. I know, right? Clip well, that I, to your sports I bra and like, you can run for miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, so cause now you have to like, what, run with your phone in your hand? Yeah. Like, nobody wants to do that. No, yeah. You know, that, can iPod, iPod Nano is where it's at. Really, truly. Um, anyway, but like, yeah, that was kind of the, it was the first musical my parents ever saw. And my dad really fell in love with like Broadway after that and Young Frankenstein. I don't want to like say one over the other because I don't remember which one. But regardless, but that's kind of my experience with spam a lot and then I never really watched it until I was in high school mm -hmm. and do you want to know why I watched it when I was in high school I I bet I could guess why um <laughs> I, I'm about to say exactly mm -hmm. what you're thinking so um for those of you who don't know if you watch Grey's Anatomy Miss Callie Torres is the original lady of the lake so high school was like my prime Grey's Anatomy watching time. And I had just watched the musical episode and I was like, oh my God, Callie can like sing. I want to know what she's done before. Cause like I, up until then, I had no idea she was a Broadway actress, Tony award winning Broadway actress. So I was like, I'm going to go see what she did. And then I saw that she was in Spamalot and not only in Spamalot, but she was the lead female in Spamalot. And not only that, but she won a Tony. And I was like, uh, as soon as I find out that an actress 
is on Broadway, especially when I was younger, I instantly became obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my gosh, does she kill this role? But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Anything you want to say before we get into the or the Wikipedia synopsis? I've always loved Spam a lot. Um, I got to be in it back in oh 2004. No, 13. I thought you were going to say four. I was like, oh my God, you were in it when you were seven. No, 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 no. You were on Broadway yet. No, no, no. It was 2013, I think. Mm. Yeah, it was 2013. Oh my goodness. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it was back in 2013. Way back in the day. I I was a Laker girl, which was very exciting for me. (laughs) I loved it. And also, I'm going to keep this as light as I possibly can, but like, Always look on the bright side of life, even though it's just, like, a silly, like, song. I have used that song to pull me and people dear to me out of really dark funks. Yeah. And, like, it's just my go-to, like, if I know that I have to snap out of something... That's a song I It's really to. a song you can just put on full blast when you're sad. Uh-huh. And be like, always look on. Yeah. And then sometimes you relate more with the always look on the bright side. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's just the ending. It's such a simple thing, but it's just like the fact that like, it's so dumb, but it's like... He finds the shrubbery that he needs. And it's like that happens in life all the time. Like just when, like as soon as you start making fun of your hardships things start to get easier so yeah. i don't know i i have always loved that song yeah. always and like i i promise you if you are upset mm-hmm. if you go and listen to that song you will be inspired <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe you'll like start tap dancing i don't know um okay so let's get into the wikipedia synopsis <clears throat> here we go Spamalot tells the legendary tale of King Arthur's quest to find the Holy Grail. Inspired by the classic comedy film Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the musical also diverts a bit more from traditional versions of the legend. Instead, Spamalot features shenanigans including a line of beautiful dancing girls, flatulent Frenchmen, and killer rabbits. Outside there is a plague with a 50% chance of pestilence and famine. Throughout the show, Arthur traveling with his servant Patsy recruits several knights to accompany him on his quest. What do you think? It's vague. It's all right. This actually isn't the Wikipedia synopsis because, again, Wikipedia keeps failing me. Whenever it's like an adaptation of whatever, Wikipedia will literally just be like, Spamalot is an adaptation of of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, wait, that's not a synopsis Mm -hmm. Wikipedia. So this is actually the stage agent synopsis i believe just want to give credit where credit is due um it's okay it's pretty vague leaves out a lot of characters but that's all right so let's go ahead and get into the show um first of all i just want to talk about the killer all-star cast that this show had going on and its original broadway cast tim curry yeah sara ramirez michael mcgrath hank azaria christopher cyber david hyde pierce stephen rosen and christian borrell how do you find that many all-stars to be in your cast? It's it's absolutely phenomenal. So first of all, they have that going for them. They won Best Musical in 2005. And uh, it beat out Spelling Bee, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and Light in the Piazza, which was very controversial back in the day. Light in the Piazza was? No, like Spamalot beating out Light in the Piazza for Best Musical. Oh, Really? Yeah. Wait, that was... Because I feel like I watched that Tony Awards, and I don't remember... Sada Ramirez beat uh, Kelly O'Hara, too, for Best Actress. I mean... Isn't that crazy? 
Well, it's just I'm like, okay. I mean, it's I'm not okay crazy that. that they beat each other out. It's just like, I feel like nowadays. This well, with show, Sarah, like, Ramirez, like, Sarah Ramirez was up for um, supporting actress, though. Oh, was she? Yeah. Why do I feel like I remember her being in the same category? Mm, I don't think so. I'm I'm pretty sure she was supporting actress. Oh, okay. But anyway, I just remember it like, not that back in the day. I remember hearing that it was um, mm-hmm. controversial that it beat Light in the Piazza. But anyway. Um, I don't think so. I mean, not that I know so I much about like- Light in the Piazza, but I can tell you right now. I'm going to have a much better time watching Spam Lot. <laughs> well, and that's what I love about Spam Lot is that it's just, like, so... It's, like, classic, like, funny musical theater, you know? Like, it's it's got the dance breaks. It's got the... it's Well, it's definitely spoofier than mm-hmm. most comedies, but... Um, I would say the average person who hates musicals would love it. And that's <laughs> what makes a good musical. Well, and... Uh, what I'll say now is that, like nowadays, I think if it was up, like, if it was up for best musical nowadays, it just wouldn't win because nothing is winning except for like mm-hmm. dramatic stories now. Oh like, yeah, nowadays. that's yeah, that's true. You have yeah. to be a gut wrencher. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it's just like it's except uh, there was that terrible season where it was like what was it? It was like the one where the girls, bands visit one. SpongeBob. Well, the band visit like, had no competition. Like, I know. Yeah, it's just. Um, I remember. I was like, oh look, it's '90s TV. Tony's vision. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I just. I mean, I wish that we could get really get back to like classic musical theater with like mm-hmm. big ensembles and big dance breaks and like stuff. Like I that. cry so many times during Spamalot, like. And not because it's sad. Like, I, I actually said this to you the other day. It's mm-hmm. like, you know it's a good performance when it makes you cry and it's not supposed to be sad. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Like, such a good vibe. Yeah. Such a good vibe. Um. So I was actually watching. I had to refresh my memory because I haven't seen it since high school. So I was watching the, the bootleg today. And you know what I noticed mm-hmm. now that we have our BFAs and we have taken classes? It's got a lot of comedia in it. Um, there's, like, a lot of... You, <laughs> You know, the thing we learned the very last time. I know what, I know what, I was just letting you continue your sentence. You were looking at me like you were like, I have no idea what she's saying right now. No, (laughs) I know, I know what comedian is. You know, when Patsy is like doing the the coconuts to make the horse sound and um, the hand of God, he's like, God, can you just give us a hand? And he, like, the hand of God just comes comes down. down. I was like, there's so much. And I also feel like just the characterization, like, What's what's the the character not the lowest class but like the next one it starts like an A in the in Comedia. Oh, our our Achilles. No, oh my god, it's like our no. Oh, Zani, Achilles. No, it, oh, I literally is, played him in like this the is skin. going to lose make um, me lose my mind. Arla Arla Arlechino. Ar- Arlechino. Ar- is it Arlechino? Arlechino. Maybe. Arlecchino? Arlecchino. Dang. We've been out of school for a year, people. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's Arlecchino, but that's how I get... Patsy gives me Arlecchino vibes. I don't think we're saying it right, but... Um, oh moms, are, if you're listening to this, we're really sorry. He's not listening to this. Yeah, so just another, like, fun fact about things mm-hmm. that we learned in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, now that we've talked about all of that, let's go ahead and get 
into the actual musical. It starts off with this historian coming on and like explaining like, the setting, like setting up the show. And then we go, he says, and we're in England. And then it goes to Finland. And I just think this is like the perfect opening for a show like this. Something like so silly. Everyone's happy. I don't even know what there's. There's something about fish slapping or whatever. Uh, Finland. Yeah. Yep. And um, he goes, I said England, not Finland. And right off the back, we start with a joke. And then just the contrast change from Finland to England. When the monks come I'm in. I'm just like listening to this song in my head. Finland is a country where we dance. Finland is a country where we play. It's just like, he's like, this is England. Dink, 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 so um, Genevieve was uh, working her um, booty off while I was watching the bootleg. So she's probably going to be reliving a lot of these moments as I talk about Yeah, them. she was like, I watched Spamalot today. And I was like, without me? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, and then we, so we have this like major contrast, which of course, I just feel like the audience was laughing at like literally every single line that happened. But so we have this contrast and we see the doom and the gloom of England with the monks chanting and banging <laughs> books against their heads. And then Mr. Tim Curry himself comes on in his King Arthur way. So we have, he meets Bedivere and we have this like very, um, what I find funny about this scene is that we have one character who is in total like fantasy land. And then we have another character who's like living in realism and they're having this conversation. Bedivere is just like, why coconuts? Like what, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. I can't even remember. Like, I, I just think that, I don't know. I'm trying to talk about why things are funny and I don't think that I'm funny. Well, it's so. just so weird. It's just like the most like random thing. Like they're talking about coconuts and he's like, well, maybe they migrated south for the winter or something. And they're like, birds carried coconuts. It'd be too heavy. And then some random guy comes out. He's like, well, it could be an African <laughs> swallow. And you're like, who? It's because what are we talking that's about? That's why I think it's funny because um, like King Arthur is like, we're living in this fantasy world where like these things don't exist. But like these two other characters are like trying to make logic out of like what's happening. Anyway, and then we move on. And um, I just want to say that I think Christian Borel is like the like silent MVP of this whole show because he plays so many different roles that are like so stinking funny. Mm-hmm. Um, his first one being Not Yet Dead Fred. This, again, this was the song that was on my little, one of the songs on my iPods that my um, father put on there because I guess he thought that that song was the appropriate one to put on my iPod. I am obsessed with the scene with Lancelot and Robin and the whole (laughs) I'm not dead yet sequence. It's so stinking funny. When all of the ensemble members, like, arise from mm-hmm. the dead and then they do, like, a tap number. Not a tap number, but, like, yeah, a big just like a a dance break. Yeah, just, like, a type It's just thing. so funny. I think something that this show, like, did really, really well oh, was... Oh, this is making me want to be in it again. <laughs> what this show did really, really well is that musical theater is already very spoofy, right? But they made it, like, even spoofier. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, t- they just took everything that, like, musical theater is about and they just multiplied it by a hundred and it just makes it so hilarious it really made the show so so good so we meet Lancelot and Robin and they decide that they want to go be knights of the round table because Lancelot is a brave knight and he wants to fight but um Robin just wants to sing and dance yeah for for some reason he thinks he's gonna get that with um (laughs) you know being a knight 
<laughs> I wrote in my notes, I said, this just, this musical lives and breathes musical theater energy, like for big ensemble it does, dance yeah. numbers, hilarious content, mm-hmm. nice, luxurious costumes. I just, I, this is what I wish musical theater was nowadays. I know. Or, or not like, not all of it has to be, but I feel like we are so far I think, away from I think what, all of it has to be for a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so our next night that we meet is um, Dennis Galahad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he and his mother are um, political radicals, and they're like, who made you king? <laughs> what makes you... And he, uh, of course, if you know the story of Excalibur, King Arthur is like, I was given the sword. Although the Lady of the Lake gives him the sword, he didn't pull it out of a rock. Yeah, so, like, no. how does he really, you know, deserve it, you know? I She's don't like, the Lady know. of the Lake's in love with me, so she chose me, and she gave me the yeah. sword, and now I rule over you. And they're like... He's like, the pretty girl wants me, therefore I'm the king. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's just and, like high school and kids. <laughs> the mom and Dennis are like, girl, what? No, you're not. And he's like, no, it's real. And they're like, who even is this? You're lying. This is not a real person. And then, of course... Oh, Sada Ramirez comes mm-hmm. on in this gorgeous blue outfit and she sings Come With Me and she takes Dennis in and she comes back and makes him really hot. And of course we have the Laker Girl number, which um, I guess Legally Blonde wasn't out yet. So I guess it's not a spoof on Legally Blonde and just a spoof on the LA Laker Girls, but they're called Laker Girls because they are the Lady of the Lakes pep squad, I guess. And then... Whew, the Lady of the Lake and Mr. Dennis come back on and sing one of my favorite songs in the musical theater canon. Oh, really? I, I actually don't <laughs> like that one as much. You don't like it? Um, I was, I'm slightly joking, but I just think that it's so funny. However, I don't understand the placement. I don't get why they are singing this song in this moment. It's not like the Lady of the Lake and Dennis are in love. No, they're not. You know? No, that's well. That's another reason it why it's sense. like confusing. I don't know because they really they really make it out to be like this is going to be the couple, mm-hmm. and then you just never hear about it again. Yo, no, they're never seen yeah. together again. But the song is the song that goes like this, and I think that it's a really really good song to take out of context and sing it like a cabaret. It's really really funny, but within the show, it doesn't really make sense. Um, that being said, uh, any other love song out there, try and beat it. Because, like, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's so funny. And, and, yeah, just another thing about the show is that I'm just, sorry, reading, rambling off of my notes that I've taken. But I, I just, they take, like, little tiny details. And they just, they roll, they make them big. And that, that's another thing that makes it really funny. When, like, he's calling out all of the knights. And now the night that doesn't even ever appear in the show. And the yeah. guy comes out dressed like... Don Quixote. Yeah, yeah, And he's like, you're not in the show. And he's like, oh, sorry. Like, it's just like little things like that. Um, and then we go to Camelot, which of course is Las Vegas inspired. The best moment in the whole freaking show is when the Lady of the Lake comes out and does her Liza Minnelli impression. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that good. moment right there won Sada Ramirez, that Tony. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. It is the best moment in the show. It's so funny on the floor laughing about that. And of course, again, it's just this big ensemble number uh, that I just love. I love big dance ensemble shows. I love them. I love them a lot. So we do that. Sara Ramirez impresses us with everything that she has to offer. Um, and then we have Sir God come out, <laughs> represented by these two giant feet, and he gives them the quest of finding the Holy Grail. 
And uh, Arthur's like, how am I supposed to find the grail? We'll never be able to make it. And here comes the Lady of the Lake again, singing her booty off. I love Find Your Grail. It's, I think it's my favorite song in the whole show. And it feels, it feels out of place in the show. I always think that it's like the 11 o'clock number, but it's not. It's, yeah, it's no. not even the act one finale. I know. Which is ridiculous. But um, they sing Find Your Grail, and it's just this like ridiculous like Lady of the Lake just riffing her head off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're going on like their quest, and they climb up a mountain, and then they go back and climb back down. It's just like this whole show. It's like I it's feel just, like I- everything is ridiculous. Like when you think some – like – just when you think something can't get any weirder, mm-hmm. they hit the rewind button. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You better sing, Sarah, in my notes. Because she, at the very mm-hmm. end, like, she just, like, kills everything. I wish I could, I wish I could, like, figure out. I think I, like, choke up. I get, like, nervous or something when I try to sing that. Because I'm like, you got to better go and up and down and all around, you know. You got to find your career. Yeah. Like, I can't do it. Like, I, like, freak out. It's because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. She's and like, she has, like, this, like, crazy voice that can do literally Yeah, like, anything. yeah. It's just, like, so funny. Like, I tried to mimic it because I had to do that for roles and sides. Yeah. Um, I was assigned this role. And I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, all right, well, dang. Uh, yeah. And um, I can't riff at all. Like, that is just no, not a specialty me, of mine. Neither. And so whenever I try to sing the song, I just, like, overemphasize the the poor riffing choices that I'm making and I'm trying to make them as ridiculous as possible. Like I'm like, find your grail, <laughs> you know? So we, we have that scene and the King Arthur and his knights are determined to find this grail. So they venture to France where we meet the most annoying character and the most annoying bit in the entire show. I, in my opinion, listen, there is this breed out there that just like will fall over their chairs for a fart joke. And I am simply not one of them. My mother is, sorry, mom, I'm calling you out. She will literally lose her marbles at a fart joke, but I just can't get behind it. And that's what like this whole scene is. Um, and they kind of, I feel like they kind of mock the scene in Romeo and Juliet where he's like, I bite my thumb at you. I bite my thumb at you. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, that ridiculous scene at the very yeah. beginning. And I don't know, I, the lines are like, I blow my nose at you. I fart in your gym bag. And I'm like, this is not funny, but okay. I guess to like this 10% of the population who loves a fart joke, it's funny. Um, and then this is the end of uh, the act. And I, it's honestly kind of disappointing because I really wanted Find Your Girl to be the end of the act. This mm-hmm. would have been a really good way to start act two as well. I mean, Always Look on the Bright Side is also a good opener, but I feel like it could have come after See, this. I feel like Always Look on the Bright Side could be, like, a 1045 number. Right, right. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could really go anywhere in, this, in the show. So we end Act 1. They're running away from the Frenchman because they left a giant wooden rabbit and something went wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could remember. I have no idea. Kelsey was like, we're talking about spam a lot. And I was like, oh, man, there are so many holes in my head right now. <laughs> um, so Act 2 begins, and they are on this journey to find the Holy Grail. They have just run away from the Frenchman, and all of the knights are no longer with yeah. King Arthur. So it's Patsy and King Arthur again. And they're like, we're lost in this dark and very expensive forest. Which I feel like you and I are too lost <laughs> in a very dark and very expensive forest. We relate. 
Metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so they run into these, the, I don't even remember what they're called, but like the people that say me. Knights who say me. The knights who say me. And they, requ- they request a shrubbery to, to pass. Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and King Arthur is like, well, never fight. Hey, let's just act out the scene. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I'll, I'll King Arthur, Patsy, because obvious. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> We're lost in a dark and very expensive forest, and I'm depressed because we'll never find the shrubbery. Oh, cheer up, Sire. You know what they say. <laughs> what do they say, Patsy? <laughs> Ding. <laughs> and then they sing, always look on the bright side of life, mm-hmm. and it's this incredible, we've already talked about it so much, but this incredible number that's just spoofy and it's full of tap dances and just brings you so much serotonin Mm -hmm. that um, it really, really gets me going. And then... In the, and then they get the shrubbery. They find the shrubbery. They, like, and, like this woman just like passes oh, by. Throw He's it like, out. the cat won't leave it alone. Oh, what a strike of luck! <laughs> I'll take it off your hands. Pay the lady passy. And then just the passion they sing that last verse in. <sighs> it's just it crazy. makes you believe in anything. <laughs> <laughs> just really, just brings you back to life. Oh my god, we should listen to it tonight. While we're in this funk about this pandemic. Yes, that's true. That would be a great song to get us out of this mm-hmm. pandemic funk. So they find the shrubbery, and now we're, um, we see where uh, Sir Robin is. And, um, oh, yeah, this stupid number. I really do. A lot do. of things happen. People's arms get chopped off and legs get chopped off. But um, Sir Robin comes in and out, and uh, he, he also sees the, the Knights of who say me so he meets up with king arthur and king arthur's like here's your shrubbery what now can we pass and they're like no <laughs> he's like i just got you a shrubbery what are you t-? i almost cursed i can't curse on the podcast <laughs> he's like i got you a shrubbery what do you mean and he's like yeah yeah now your next task is to put on a broadway musical <laughs> at this point i just feel like the plot of this whole story is just like gone out the window it's just yeah. like now it's just utter ridiculousness mm-hmm. It all ties together. Though. It, really it all does. comes together in the end somehow. Sir Robin says to King Arthur, "Well, you simply can't put on a Broadway show." And he's like, "Why?" And he's like, "We don't have any Jews." What is what? that? Joke? Apparently, that's understand. a big. Apparently, that's a big joke that I've actually never known. I, I probably will, need to find a smart theater person to explain to me. Well, I literally wrote about it in my notes because I mean they allude to a lot of like um, Fiddler on the Roof references mm-hmm. in the song, but. Like, what is... I don't... I don't understand the joke either. Yeah, I just don't understand the joke. But he sings, you won't succeed on Broadway if you don't have any cheers. And they, they do, like, a, a bottle dance. And there's a lot of Fiddler mm-hmm. on the Roof references. After that, we see where Lancelot has ended up. And um, his Patsy, his form of Patsy, gets shot in the chest by this arrow um, that leaves him this note that says, come and rescue me from the tower. My father has locked me away. And he's like, I'm off to save a damsel in distress. What he doesn't know is that it's actually just Christian Borel. <laughs> so Lancelot is off to save his not so much damsel in distress. And then we have the ultimate song of the whole show. Again, the Lady of the Lake comes on. It's halfway through act two and she has nothing yet to do. Yep. Um, she sings the what is either called Whatever Happened to My Part or also known as the Diva's Lament. This incredible show-stopping number 
um, where it's literally just her on stage. She's not the Lady of the Lake. She's playing the actress who is playing the Lady of the Lake. Mm -hmm. And um, she sings about how it's literally been... Not even, like, we're only two songs in Act 2, but yeah. she's like, I was so important in the first act, and now what? I'm just cast yep. aside. And she's it's it's ironic, because she sings, I'm no Grammy, no rewards, I'm no Tony Awards. But and she literally she, wins she, one. <laughs> she has a Tony. I wonder, I, I wish I could have been in the audience the night after the yeah. Tony Awards, because I wanted to see, like, oh, I'm oh, sure they did something, Yeah, you know? But yeah, this like really amazing song that I belt in my room quite often mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's just amazing. And then so she has her little moment because she hasn't really had anything to do. And I I'm, I feel like I feel bad because they're like, we don't really have any plot line for you right now, <laughs> but we'll give you this little number. Well, yeah, that's again, going back to how I had her in rules and sides and like Sean was always like, you have to like show the character arc in your role, in your, in your sides. And I'm like, there is no arc. <laughs> like, I know. There is, is no character arc. There is no plot in this show as we've come to learn. Well, she actually says, it seems to me they've really lost the plot. And girl, I'm with you. Because yeah. I'm like, shrubberies. And now they have to put on a Broadway musical. Aren't they looking for a cup? Like, what's up? Like, it's so funny. And then the, we go to the tower with Prince Harold. Yeah. And um, also known as Christian Borrell again. And mm -hmm. um, Lancelot. And we find out that Lancelot is gay. But, oh, before we do that, they have this bit. Do you know the who's on first bit? Yeah. Okay, well, I feel like they have a bit like that in the show. It's with the dad who's talking to the guards. And he's like, make sure that he doesn't leave the tower. And they're like, okay, so we'll leave. And he's like, no, make sure that he doesn't leave the tower. And it's just like, it's a very, mm -hmm. I think it's a spoof on the who's on first bit. Mm. And then Lancelot comes on. And I, I'll be honest, I kind of like faded out of this part so I don't really remember everything but I just know that like the two of them fall in love and he sings like this yeah, whole, like show much. girl number about Lancelot yeah. coming out and mm -hmm. everything because he's like this big burly strong knight would have never guessed yeah. but like here he is you yeah know? Mm -hmm. yeah okay so after that I feel like this is the part of the show where we like transition a lot we start to break like the fourth wall of a lot I mean yeah um, she, Lady of the Lake kind of does it with whatever happened to my part but um, this part, this part specifically, they come back on and King Arthur's like, I'm all alone. And Patsy's like, oh, oh, you're alone. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I'm right here. And he's like, I know, but I'm so alone. And then um, Lady of the Lake comes on. And this is like, we're finally back on track because mm -hmm. she's like, he's like, I'll never produce a Broadway musical. I can't find any Jews. And she's like, you're already in a Broadway musical. This is right a Broadway now. Musical. You're on Broadway right now. And, and he's, he's like. like Oh, what? And then Patsy's like, oh, and I'm Jewish. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? This is one of my favorite lines in the show. It's so funny. He said, I'm Jewish, but it's not the sort of thing you say to a heavily armed Christian. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, King Arthur and the Lady of the Lake then hook up and because they're in love, because there has to be a wedding. That's how the Broadway musical has to end. So they get past the, the nights that say me, that they no longer say me at the end of the show. They say something else that I can't remember. Now they're really just like trying to find this grail and they have lost all hope. So they get down on their knees and they say, God, can you lend us a hand? Or they find they find the sign that's like A101 mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure out what that is. And someone's like, it could mean aioli. And he's like, what's that? It's like, it's a, may it's a form of like mayonnaise. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. Like the show is so ridiculous, but also amazing. And they're trying to figure it out, and uh, they get on their hands and knees, and they're like, God, please help us out. Or Linda's a hand, and this giant hand just comes out <laughs> and points to seat, like, in the audience seat 
A101. A101. And this would be the part in the show that would stress me out. I hate audience interaction in a show because Mm -hmm. being a performer, when I'm on stage and I'm playing a character and I'm the one performing... Not an issue. Love it. Could do it. Could do it forever. <laughs> um, well. <laughs> but if I'm in the audience watching a show, I do not want to be a part of the show. That is my biggest fear. I hate it so much. So they break the fourth wall and they come into the audience and they say, or they find a cup under the guy's seat and then they bring the guy on stage and they like take a picture with him and they do this whole thing and they like pronounce him like, New York City's best peasant or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the way that they end the show is crazy. And then to wrap up, Lady of the Lake comes on and he's like, what's your name? And she's like, my name's Guinevere. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, must get married. That's what the books say. That's what the story says. The King Arthur and Guinevere are meant to be together. Mm -hmm. And he's like, are you ready for a wedding? And then she just does this like Elsa costume change. (laughs) And she's like... Yes, and she transforms from her blue mm-hmm. dress to a white dress, and then they get married, and then the show's over. Yeah, find your grail, reprise man. Find your grail. Incredible. That's the show. <laughs> it's hard to like talk in depth about the show because it's so spoofy, and I feel like there's right. Not oh really no, much yeah, to, no. To say other than like just like talking about the the spoofiness of it. While it is funny though, I do feel like Act Two really does lose the plot line, mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of hard to follow. That's the one thing I'll say. Like that I'm not, like, the biggest fan of. It's just, like, it becomes, like, a story where you're, like, what am I watching right now? I feel like you need a couple glasses of wine to (laughs) really be in it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I will say is that I really think that this needs a revival in the near future. Oh, it does. I think that... It's waiting for me. (laughs) Well, also, in times of, like, that we're in right now, it's, it's, like, a breath of fresh air to, like, when things reopen and, like, the world is, like rebuilding or whatever like Mm -hmm. because things have happened like not like this but like horrible things have happened in the past and Broadway always comes back with like I mean after Mm 9-11 you're in town and Thoroughly Modern Millie and Mm -hmm. like that whole season was like just like light-hearted and Mm -hmm. um right funny and comedic and trying to lift spirits and I think that this would be a really good revival to have once we come out of all this just like like go back to classic musical theater mm-hmm. and I would like compare this the next thing I would compare this to is something rotten I think something rotten could um never saw it could use something like this mm-hmm. it's not as spoofy as this for mm-hmm. sure but um it is like it's a hor- historical story where they like mm-hmm. they sing and dance right <laughs> as a musical does really wow um, yeah, yeah yeah incredible but anyway guys that's the show I know that was like a, a lot of rambling I again like we didn't talk about much but again it's just like Mm-hmm. It's a fun show, therefore it's just a fun chat session. And uh, it's also the best bootleg I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So go watch it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. You know. Not that we're condoning that, but sorry, it, no, <laughs> no, just, never. Ha, caught ya. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Do not go watch the bootleg on YouTube. Definitely not <laughs> at two a.m. with chips. <laughs> All right, so now that we've talked about the musical, let's talk about our favorite characters, our least favorite characters, our Tony Award-winning moments. We'll rate it, and then we've got a dream cast mm-hmm. formulated. So I have two favorite characters, actually. I will say, like, the Lady of the Lake, in theory, is my favorite character because, all like, every moment she's on stage, except mm-hmm. for kind of the end. I don't really mm-hmm. like when she turns into Guinevere. Um, every moment, like, she's just, like, powerful dynamic funny character Mm -hmm. um but i also really love patsy 
That's I I mean I literally was gonna say the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I love the Lady of the Lake, but Patsy is my home. I feel like I just identify <laughs> right? with him so much. I feel I feel like my type in musical theater is Patsy. Is Patsy. <laughs> like and, and if it really boils down to it, which is so funny because like I'm always like, no, I want to be not the ingenue, but like the leading lady or whatever. But like, it, it, in all reality, Patsy is what I do best. Right. So my least favorite character is 100% the French guard. I just don't like a fart fart joke. I just that whole bit annoys me. Yeah, I could probably agree with that. It's, one it's just too. kind of. I feel like in a rid- already ridiculous show like that, that is like really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my least favorite character. My Tony Award-winning moment is Sada Ramirez's impression of Liza Minnelli in or Nights in the Round Table. She is so good in that moment and so funny. I literally like was peeing my pants watching her today. It was just such such a good moment, and I will say with all of my heart that that and probably whatever happened to my part won her that Tony that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bright side is just yeah That's that last no. I can tell you exactly what about Brightside 2. Mm-hmm. They just knock out this amazing tap number, right? Yeah. And then they end the number with the most lame little, like, kick line. <laughs> <laughs> like, the most basic choreography. And I'm telling you, I lose my mind. Yeah. I, I am so there for those pathetic little kicks. And the little, (laughs) I don't even know what this move is called, but it's like the part of the like kick line where you like do the arm gestures. Yeah, it's just it's I I have it ingrained in my mind. I know exactly what the choreography is, and I don't know why, but for me, that's the award winning moment because they make you feel something by doing something (laughs) so simple. (laughs) True, true. All right, um, I'm gonna give it seven out of ten. Holy Grails. Really? Yeah, I feel like it could have gone higher. Had it been, like, a little more cohesive towards the end. I feel like that's a pretty high rating. I give it a 9 out of 10, mm-hmm. like, girls. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so we've got a 7 out of 10 and 9 out of 10. So that's pretty good. Overall, go watch the musical. Um, and now let's talk about the Dreamcast. Do you have a Dreamcast in mind? No, but Lady of the Lake is me. <laughs> like... <laughs> like Right, but that's not what we're doing here, Genevieve. No, but it should also be your dream cast and everyone else's dream cast. Everyone should dream that for me. Okay. Thank you. Well, Lady of the Lake is also one of my dream roles, so... Dream it for me. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) So for King Arthur, I have Nathan Lane because it just makes sense. Patsy, I have Alex Brightman. I feel like that's a role that he would, Mm -hmm. you know, really excel at. For Lady of the Lake, I have two people. I have, like, one very like obvious choice in my mind and one like more like niche choice who I feel like she could like grow into it Mm -hmm. um but my very like my obvious choice is Stephanie J. Block because her Trina in falsettos gives me Lady of the Lake vibes kind Mm -hmm. of and then for my like more niche option because she's so great at the character acting is Lindsay Mendez I Mm. think she'd also be really really I'd be interested to see Megan Hilty oh she'd be really good too Mm -hmm. yeah for Lancelot, I have Norm Lewis. <laughs> I don't know why. I wanted to give Norm Lewis King Arthur, but I don't know why. 
I just felt like it he was, slightly was off. better yeah. served for Lancelot. I could not think of anyone for Dennis. He seems so <laughs> insignificant in the show. You know, after he has like his like the song that goes like this moment, it feels like he's never back again. Right. Someone just came to my mind and then like ran away immediately. Christopher Cyber played him in the show. No, for some reason, Aaron Tveit's who came to mind, but it's not Aaron Tveit who I'm thinking of. It's someone who's like Aaron Tveit. Andrew Reynolds. He would be funny. He would be good. He yeah. would be funny. Aaron Tveit. We've got Jeremy Jordan. We've got Derek Klenna. We've got um, <laughs> literally all the basic musical theater boys, if we're thinking Aaron Tveit. I have no idea why I thought Aaron Tveit. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll say on. Aaron Tveit. <laughs> For Robin, I have Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can see him singing yeah, that number, oh, right? Sure, for sure. And then for Prince Herbert, I have. Um, oh, it was Jonathan Groff. That's who I. That's who I was thinking. Of. I was gonna say him, but I already had him mm-hmm. for. So for Prince Herbert and all of the like not dead yet. Fred, those characters, all the Christian Borrell characters, I said Jonathan Groff. Oh, that is who I was thinking of. It's Jonathan mm-hmm. Groff. All right, well, guys, that wraps up the musical of the week. Um, And now we're going to move on to the game portion of the podcast. And this week, people, we are taking BuzzFeed quizzes. I have a few set up, but since we went on a very long tangent about Gilmore Girls um, at the beginning of this podcast, I think we're going to do two. And the first one we'll start with is we're going to do these nine questions will reveal which musical theater leading lady you were destined to play. Because clearly it's two you know, females in musical theater, we have to know these things, right? Okay, so the first question is, pick an 80s romantic comedy. We have Can't Buy Me Love, Pretty in Pink, Flashdance, A Wish Called Wanda, 16 Candles, When Harry Met Sally, Dirty Dancing, The Breakfast Club, and Heathers. I think I'm gonna go with The Breakfast Club. I'm going Heathers. Okay. All right, so the next one is, what's your motto? And the options are, be who you want to be. If you have to kill somebody else to get there, say la vie. <laughs> Waste not, want not. Always look on the bright side. Good people only ever end up being screwed over by a cold, unfeeling world. The ends justify the means. Actions speak louder than words. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is to just is just to love and be loved in return. Life's too short to hold grudges, and you only live once. I'm going to go with life is too short to hold grudges. Always look on the bright side. There you go. All right, next is what is your worst quality? Your grammar is atrocious. You take too many selfies. You complain a lot. You are too trusting. You're always in the wrong place at the wrong time. You're selfish. You're completely (laughs) insane. You're basic. You like drugs too much. Oh, God. I'm going to say that I am always in the wrong place at the wrong time. I would say that's a fair assumption. I feel like that's very true. I'm going to say I'm too trusting, which is odd because I have a lot of trust issues, but, like, I'm still too trusting. Okay. What do you want most? Fame. Someone who's totally uninterested in you. Freedom and equality. To be out of the friend zone. To go out and have a good time. Well, that's really a downer in these times. (laughs) Um... Is anyone ever sure about what they really want? <laughs> to be warm and happy, for everyone to believe in you, or more time? Someone who's totally uninterested <laughs> in you, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I feel like mine is for everyone to believe in me. I mean, yeah, like practically, yeah. But I feel like I invest more want into someone who doesn't <laughs> have any interest in it. All right, what's your dream vacation? 
a seaside town, Paris, a monkey sanctuary, Hollywood, the beach, Disneyland, London, a cruise, or Santa Fe. I'm going to say Paris. I'm going to say the beach. I don't know why. I've Your been... dream vacation is somewhere you can go any day of the week? Well, no, like a nice beach. Okay, that's fair. Next is what do you do when the person you love loves someone else? They'll uh, come back. They always do. Sob uncontrollably, preferably in the rain. Light everything on fire. Someone better. That's not um, family friendly. Shoot your ex-lover. Try to keep a brave face, but end up throwing your whole life down the drain. Do whatever it takes to win them back. Hang out with your pet instead, or prove you're better than them. You know what's funny? What? I would say I probably do just about all of these, except mm-hmm. for, like, I, I would never, ever shoot my ex-lover. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but um, I kind of want to say they kind of always do come back at least once. That's like, fair. Like, at least once they'll circle around the block. I think I'd probably just hang out with my pet and be sad with my pet. Are you a good person is the next question. Yes. Yes, of course. I'm a good girl, I am. Yes, though I've shoplifted. <laughs> Sometimes good people are forced to do bad things. For the most part, yes. Yes, but no one else seems to agree. Not really, and doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm a good girl, I am. I have no idea. I know I, I mean, know I that it's not go with this one. I know it's not the last two. But does that make you like a bad person? No. I think I'm going to go with the simple answer. I'm just going to say yes. Great, great. And then the next one is pick a color. We have green, lime green, uh, pale blue, purple, maroon, pink, black, navy blue, and gold. Mine is light blue. I said navy blue. And then this is the last one. How will you die? You can't die if you go to hell and live forever. Tragically. Famous. Fighting for what you believe in. Apocalyptic catastrophe. Fat and happy surrounded by grandchildren. I don't know. How do people usually die? Having accomplished everything you wanted or drugs. Do you know what's funny? What? I feel like I could go with any... I I, I could go between either of these two and they're very different. Mm -hmm. It could either be tragically or fat and happy surrounded by grandchildren. (laughs) One of the two. But I think I'm going to say tragically, unfortunately. That's kind of sad. Ew. Okay. Well, she has her result. I think I kind of want to say, I don't know, how do people usually die? That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Well, why don't you go first since you have... uh, I got Mrs. Lovett. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I got Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. Oh, my Lord. So, um... That's the first quiz, and we're going to do another one really quickly because we have to obviously know what um, combination of Hogwarts House, Disney Princess, and Hamilton character we are, clearly. All right, so the first question, again, is what is your favorite color? The options are blue, red, green, teal, yellow, purple, pink, and orange. I'm going to go with blue. I'm going to go... Ooh, I'm going to go with purple this time. The next question is what is your dream job? Teacher, lawyer, Olympic medalist, librarian, veterinarian, nurse or doctor, artist, or pilot. Well, personally, I would love to be an Olympic medalist, so... Um, an artist. Choose a place to travel to. France, the UK, China, Canada, Greece, the Caribbean, Spain, or USA. I'm gonna go with Greece. Me too. Yeah, it's my dream destination. Choose a Pixar character. Nemo, Disgust, Jessie, Joy, Elastigirl, Merida, Bo Peep, or Woody. I'm going to go with Disgust. I'm going to go with Nemo. 
Choose your favorite Harry Potter character. Draco, Tonks, Harry, Dumbledore, Ginny, Hermione, Luna, or Ron? Harry. I'm going to say Ginny. The book version of Ginny. The, the movie version of Ginny is not up to par, but the book version is pretty good. And finally, choose an iconic line from Hamilton. We have, look how lucky we are to be alive right now. Dying is easy, young man, living is harder. Awesome, wow. Most disputes die and no one shoots. If you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? Because when push comes to shove, I will kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. Time to get some pistols and a doctor on site. And I am the one thing in life I can control. I think I like if you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? Because when push comes to shove, I will kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. Amazing. I actually really like mine. I think we got the same one. I'm a mixture huh. of Slytherin, Meg, and, and Aaron Burr. Burr. Me too. Yeah. We are both sl- in the Hogwarts house Slytherin. We are both Megara from Hercules, which if you know, you know. I actually played Meg in a Disney concert. And Aaron Burr. So what I'm hearing is that we are mean-spirited people. <laughs> yeah, for real. We're bad people. No, no, no. We're clever, introverted, and ambitious. You are absolutely a mixture of Slytherin, Megara, and Aaron Burr. I wouldn't say that we're like the same person, though. No. Oh, I actually still have my thing up from the other one. I think I might, too. Oh, yeah. You got Mrs. Lovett from Sweeney Todd. You're innovative, and that brain of yours is chock full of bright ideas. You're resourceful and can easily convince others to do what you want. The problem is you're completely delusional and can't see past the lies you keep telling yourself. (laughs) Also, you may have a slight cannibalism problem. Oh, no. Uh, You heard it here, folks. (laughs) I'm crazy. (laughs) And then I got Elle from Legally Blonde. You're smart, you work hard, and you follow things through until you do what you set out to do. Be careful, though. What you think you want may not be what's actually best for you. Well, that's the game portion. All right, and I'm moving on to my favorite portion of the podcast. It's the advice column. Genevieve, feel free to weigh in anything you want to say. But my advice for this week is this is for, like, an artist or really, like, anybody um, in general. It's just... Always remember to stay humble and worry about yourself and don't worry about other people so much because when you start worrying about other people, you get bogged down um, and then you, like, by so many things that you can't even, you know, worry about your only yourself. So stay in your lane. Remember to be, always be kind to people, approach things with a positive attitude and just always remember to stay true to yourself and do what makes you happy and um, don't get involved. Try to stay clear of drama. If any, if I learned anything in college, it's to try and stay away from the drama that's happening and to kind of just like stay within myself and worry about what's happening with me and just like trying to present a kind and positive energy wherever I am. Well, also just like practice what you preach. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm, I'll tell you the most successful people in this career are the people who continue to get work over and over again because they are a pleasant person to work with and because they um, always are, are kind and generous and um, hardworking and um, they worry about themselves and not outside drama. So that's the advice for the week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I have so much fun every week and I'm really glad that um, Genevieve was able to join me this week. Hopefully she will be back 
soon enough. But again, she's a working lady, so. I'm a full-time single mom. <laughs> My you kids are come first. Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. If you want to find me personally, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Kelsey McFall underscore, or you can find me on TikTok at KelseyMC137. Do you have anything to plug? No? No. You can find her on Instagram, I'm sure. It's really easy. Just like Jenny Taylor. Jenny <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Mwah.